Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, we're going to talk about 80s babies and the life of an 80s baby. Now, full disclosure, I was born in the 70s, but I was raised in the 80s. So I'm a child of the 80s. So but that's what they called us. The the children of the 80s. We were referred to as 80s babies. Uh, So I just want to get that clear. Um, From time to time on this podcast, I will come on here and kind of give you some insight. uh, You, the listener, to what it was like uh, to live in a certain time, a certain era. And the reason why I do that is because one is fun to always reminisce uh, because I'm a firm believer. If you don't know where you've come from, you truly can't know where you're going. But you also get an appreciation for that particular period of time uh, when things weren't as easy or as cool. Uh, And then for some, you know, I want to educate you because, to be honest, you know, a lot of you weren't around (laughs) in the 80s. Uh, maybe your parents hadn't met or maybe your parents hadn't met, but your dad just hadn't let, let loose yet. <laughs> or maybe you were around in the 80s and you were too lame to come outside. Right. So um, I know a lot of times when people talk about the 80s uh, or not just the 80s, but when they talk about like how they grew up and where they grew up, uh, you hear them talk about, you know, how bad things were and how traumatic their <laughs> their uh childhood was i don't have that story uh i grew up um in a really really cool time in a cool era and it was just for me it was dope uh as many of you know or maybe you don't know i grew up in a small town a uh, place called florence south carolina uh, it's a really small place but it seemed like it was so huge. Uh, while I was born in New Jersey, uh, Florence is where I called home uh, the majority of my childhood. Um, and what was interesting was like I grew up in two different neighborhoods, like the first neighborhood that I can remember from the time that we moved from New Jersey when I was three until I was about until I got to fourth grade. Uh, we lived in these apartment complexes Uh <laughs> Or what people would call the projects. <laughs> now, I'll be honest, the projects that I lived in in Florence, you know, it wasn't Cabrini Green. It wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't, um, what's the place? Uh, it wasn't Queensbridge, <laughs> you know, but it was the projects for Florence. I'll put it like that. Um, but what was interesting was like, when you look back, or at least when I look back on it, uh, it was low income housing. It was, you know, black people, uh, a lot of I would I wouldn't say a lot. Quite a few of my friends, you know, it, they came from two parent households, uh, but it was just, you know, low income families just trying to make it. Uh, but there was a sense of community. There was a sense of everybody getting along. There was a sense of everybody looking out for each other. Uh, so the neighborhood was really, really cool. Uh, we played and we played games and we ran outside. And I mentioned on previous podcasts, like outside was the best place to be. What was going on outside? 
everything. <laughs> so, you know, you wanted to go outside and play with your buddies. But no, I didn't grow up in the, you know, um, there was no gunshots and stabbings and fights and stuff like that. I mean, if it happened, we were definitely shielded from it. I don't remember. I don't recall ever seeing a fight, you know, at least with adults or young adults. Um, you know, kids get into fights, but that's different. But it was a cool neighborhood. And I mean, like, again, looking back on it, it was the projects, but it didn't feel like the projects because, you know, everybody kind of had the same thing, you know, and looking back on it, we really didn't have a lot, but it seemed like we had everything because like for me, there was nothing as a child that I wanted that I didn't get. So my parents made sure that we had love and we had, you know, food and everything like that. But you know, when it came to material things, I had everything that I wanted. I had bikes, I had toys, I had, you know, everything. It was just me and my brother, Damon, who's uh, almost three years younger than me. Um, so it was just us and, and, my, and our parents. And um, but it was a cool neighborhood. Again, everybody looked out for each other. Uh, one of the cool things about the 80s was if you got into trouble and your neighbor saw you your neighbor could spank you and subsequently you've embarrassed the family and shamed the family so you probably going to get a spanking once you got home as well it went down just like that <laughs> that was one of the dope things about the 80s uh another dope thing about the 80s was i remember being a little kid and particularly like in the summertime when the street lights came on you had to be in the house like there was no such thing as just kind of just hanging out. No, that didn't happen. When the street lights came on, you needed to be in the house, period. If not, if your mother had to come looking for you, oh, it was going to be a problem. <laughs> um, but again, it was just a cool neighborhood. Everybody, you know, got along for the most part. Um, and again, we didn't really have a lot. I remember people and I remember even us getting uh, <laughs> the government cheese, the big block of cheese that you would get. And um, that was some good cheese, man. <laughs> I don't know why people front on the government cheese, but uh, we weren't on welfare. I mean, my parents worked. Uh, and, you know, to be honest, I don't even know how much money they made. Uh, I'm assuming they didn't make a lot of money because we lived in the projects for a few years. But um, but again, we always had we always had food. It wasn't like, you know, we had, you know, problems or anything like that. It it was a great childhood and I enjoyed every moment of it. All of my memories are great memories. So, you know, I feel a little sad sometimes when I hear people talk about their childhood and they talk about, you know, dealing with gun violence and drugs. And again, I came up in the crack era. I lived in the projects during the crack era and. Was there crack there? Oh, I'm sure that there was. This was the 80s. This was the Ronald Reagan uh, administration. So I'm sure that there was crack in the projects where I lived. I didn't see it. You know, we didn't see junkies. So, you know, it was a different day and time. And and, and, and again, we had a lot of fun. Uh, one of my favorite memories was uh, I remember this was 1981 and I'll never forget it. I remember they came to the crib and they installed cable tv that was so dope and i remember one of the favorite channels was this channel where they actually played music videos it was called mtv a novel concept 
<laughs> they actually played videos at one point in time. But um, yeah, it was dope. It was dope. Getting cable TV, one of my greatest memories because we went from having, uh, you know, the TV with the uh, with the antenna on the top and you could only get like ABC, NBC, CBS and like UHF. <laughs> you could get like four channels. That was it. And then when we got cable TV, man, you could get all the channels and it was dope. And you had to actually physically get up and change the channel. But it was dope nonetheless. Um Another great memory from, you know, being young and being in my neighborhood was and I talked about it on a previous podcast was getting uh, one Christmas. We got the Atari twenty six hundred by far, even to this day, it is the best Christmas gift that I've ever received in my life. The Atari twenty six hundred is greater than sliced bread. (laughs) But um, but yeah, it was a great neighborhood, great memories. Um, again, the '80s were a great time, and I'm glad that you know we got a chance to see it and live through it. One of the dopest memories from being an '80s baby was the first day of school. Um, the first day of school was always interesting because uh, of a couple of things. Um. One of the first things that I that kind of stands out that I remember about the first day of school is that unless you saw your friends, you know, who lived in your neighborhood, most of your friends, you didn't see them from the time that the school year ended to the time that school started. So you had like a three month gap where you didn't see most of your friends. Only my friends in my neighborhood, those are the only friends that I saw. Everybody else, you didn't see them again until you might run into somebody at the mall or something like that. But for the most part, you weren't going to see your friends uh, at all. So uh, it was always dope to see your friends that first day of school. Uh, There was always a nervous energy, if you will. Uh, for me, I always woke up early, (laughs) extra early on the first day of school. Um, and so that was one of the reasons why I look forward to the first day of school, because, uh, in the eighties, you know, it was really, really a dope time. Uh, one of the things that made it dope was your gear. Like you had to have some dope gear on the first day of school. Like you couldn't, There was no such thing as wearing old clothes like everybody wore their new clothes, their new, quote unquote, school clothes, (laughs) not their play clothes. Uh, I wish I had time to talk about play clothes because play clothes and school clothes are two different clothes. Um, But, yeah, it was uh, you you had to wear your 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 new gear and everybody always had, uh, you know, new clothes. And it was always interesting to see. Uh, people in their new clothes. Now, as I got older and as we moved into the 90s, one of the trends was not to wear all of your new clothes on the first week of school. But now in the 80s, we ain't care. <laughs> it was uh, it was always uh, you always had to wear your new gear. And I distinctly remember um, one of my good friends, even to this day in second grade, my first day of school in second grade, my mom bought me a brand new it was a yellow T-shirt. And on the T-shirt, it had a picture of Lando Calrissian from Star Wars. 
aka Billy D. Williams. No Colt 45 in this one. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I had the I had the dope Star Wars Lando Calrissian t-shirt on and some jeans and some Nikes. And I had the um I think if I'm not mistaken, I had the uh the, the Air Force Ones. And so I remember uh one of my good friends and I'll be honest, like I, I didn't have and still don't have a lot of white friends. But the first white friend that I ever made was my boy, Sean. Sean came up to me and he said, yo, I mean, he didn't say it like this, but I'm paraphrasing. He said, yo, that's a dope T-shirt. And we just became friends after that. He thought that the Lando Calrissian T-shirt was dope, which it really was. I mean, nobody else was rocking Billy D on the first day but me. <laughs> but um. But yeah, man, it was uh, Sean and I bonded off of that T-shirt. And um, it's funny because uh, I lost contact with Sean many years ago and uh, we found each other. Well, he found me on Facebook. And one of the first things he said was because we lost each other after high school. We lost touch when we went to college. And um, he said, uh, he said, yeah, man, I still remember you in that Lando Calrissian T-shirt. And it's so funny to me because I remember when I'm going to the store with my mom to buy that shirt and I wanted to wear it before school actually started. My mom's like, no, you, you can't wear this before school starts, but you can't wear it the first day. And I couldn't wait until the first day so I could rock my Lando shirt. So, um, yeah, shout out to Lando. Shout out to Sean. <laughs> um, another great memory in for an 80s baby such as myself. Uh, from the first day of school was uh, the new girl. <laughs> Every year there was a new girl or new girls that came to your school. So for me, I don't know why, but I made it a point to always try to talk to the new girl. And, you know, some years it worked, some years it didn't work, but I always wanted to talk to the new girl. And I mean, when I say talk, I like I wanted to get close to him. Uh, I think in fifth grade, the new girl became my girlfriend. She was really, really cute. And she had a jerry curl, but I didn't care. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was my thing, man. I always wanted to talk to the new girl because this was my philosophy on this. This is where I looked at it like. If the new girl is in your class and she doesn't know anybody, you got to be the first one to get to know her. Because if you can push up on her before anybody else, you got to leg up on the competition because I'm pretty sure she's coming there. She's probably moved from somewhere else. She doesn't have a boyfriend. And so if you can get close to her, you're in. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was my thing, man. I, I, I made it a point to try to talk to the new girl. And again, I was successful a couple of years, but that was one of the first, that was one of the things that I did on the first day. I always tried to make sure that, um, I would go over and welcome the new girl to the class, a new girl to the, welcome her to the school or whatever the case may be. And what little bit of game that I had back then. Yeah, I would try to kick game. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but yeah, great memories. 80s babies, new girls and the first day of school. One of the dope things about being an 80s baby was uh, your Saturday mornings. 
Um, Saturday mornings were always interesting because of what was on the television set on Saturday mornings. Um, I'm not sure if y'all are aware of this, but cartoons actually came on Saturday mornings. Uh, unlike, you know, today where cartoons don't come on network TV on Saturday mornings anymore because they have their own networks and whatever the case may be. Um, it was a staple of my childhood in the eighties and, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had my own little ritual. Um, but yes, yeah, Saturday mornings was the joint. Um, I would get up and I found it. I always found it interesting that like my mom would have to fuss at me about getting up during the school week. Like she'd have to come and wake me up two or three times for me to get up during the school week. But on Saturdays, man, I was up at six o'clock <laughs> and nobody needed to wake me up. I didn't need an alarm clock. I didn't need anything. I would get up on my own because it was prime time. It was Saturday morning. You had to get ready. Uh, so I would come down, get out of the bed. I had a bunk bed, me and my brother. I would be on the top bunk and come down my little steps. You know, sometimes I'd wash my face and brush my teeth. Other times I would not care. Uh, <laughs> I get my little blanket. I'm in my little pajamas and drawers or underoos, whatever the case may be. And then from there, you turn the TV on, you get your cereal and you plop down in front of the TV and you're pretty much in front of the TV the entire morning. Um, For me, I loved uh, cartoons. Cartoons was a staple of my childhood and it was a staple of the 80s, to be honest. Uh, from cartoons, I would watch, man, probably my favorite cartoon of all time, uh, Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes. Um, love Bugs Bunny. Love Bugs Bunny. And then I would watch uh, the Super Friends. The Super Friends were so dope. So, so dope. Um I never was a fan of the Smurfs, although the Smurfs were extremely popular. Uh, I would watch everything from Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids um, to uh, what was that? The Harlem Globetrotters cartoon, uh, the Jackson Five had a cartoon. Um, I would literally spend the entire morning. If it was a dope cartoon, I was watching it. Now, my brother was a huge fan of He-Man. He was a huge fan of... Um, uh, what was that? He-Man and the uh, it was another cartoon that he loved. He liked the Smurfs. I didn't particularly care for the Smurfs, um, but I would watch the Flintstones, the Jetsons um, again, Super Friends, um, Batman and Robin. Uh, pretty much Saturday mornings, you were in front of the TV from anywhere from 6 a.m. till about noon and then uh down south where we lived, wrestling would come on. <laughs> and notice I, I didn't say wrestling because it's not wrestling, it's wrestling. Um, but yeah, we watched the wrestling after that. So, but the Saturday morning Saturday morning cartoons were a staple, man. I, I really it's it's interesting now that um oh Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, I forgot about Tom and Jerry. Um it's interesting now that, you know, over these last 10, 15, 20 years uh, with things like the Cartoon Network, 
you know, you don't have cartoons on Saturday mornings. And, you know, honestly, me being a father, I feel like, you know, my kids are deprived. <laughs> like they don't know. They don't. There's no excitement for them waking up on Saturday mornings. They just get up and be like, huh, OK, well, what's on Netflix? You know, whatever the case may be. But it was a great time, man. Great, great time. Now, if you're going to talk cartoons, you got to talk about cereal. Um, I wasn't one that ate uh, a lot of stuff other than cereal for breakfast. I mean, like my mom would cook, you know, grits and eggs and bacon and sausage and stuff like that. But Saturday mornings, you know, we were because our parents tended to, you know, sleep in, I guess um, we were up early. So, you know, you're not going to get up and fix yourself. You know, you're not going to cook pancakes for yourself. But what you would do would you would be in a position where you would make yourself some cereal. And so for me, cereal was a thing. Uh, obviously, it's easy to make. You really can't make a mess, even though you can. But, you know, you're not going to hurt anybody. You're not going to burn the house down <laughs> by making cereal. Uh, like some of my favorite cereals, uh, Frosted Flakes, all time favorite, uh, Captain Crunch. No crunch berries. I hate crunch berries. Um, Fruit Loops, Apple Jacks, uh, Rice Krispies. Shout out to Rice Krispie Treats. Um, never was a fan. Oh, I like uh, Diggum Smacks. Some people didn't like that. That was an acquired taste, but I like Diggum Smacks. Um, Fruity Pebbles. Love Fruity Pebbles. Um, but yeah, some people, they, they didn't really take to, uh, you know, different... Um, types of cereals like I remember one year my mom bought a <laughs> she bought a you ever had a situation where your parents buy like the knockoff cereal well, my mom bought us this knockoff Captain Crunch it was called King Vitamin um, and it was trash <laughs> uh, cornflakes just the regular cornflakes from Kellogg's trash uh, what else was trash um I never was a fan of like cookie crisp or uh, I now I was one of the few people of my friends. I like Raisin Bran. Big fan of Raisin Bran because I like raisins. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've come to find out that a lot of people don't like raisins for some strange reason. I'm not sure why. Raisins are dope. Um, but yeah, man, I, I would we would load up on a cereal, man. And, and that's that would be breakfast. Like when my parents got up, yeah, they would cook breakfast. But for the most part, if we got up on Saturday mornings, breakfast was on us. And as long as we had cereal and we had milk, we were good. Uh, I do remember because my brother and I had such different tastes for cereal. um, We would get our own boxes. (laughs) So that was kind of interesting, like where my friends, you know, they had they ate whatever their parents bought. They had to eat. But if my brother liked. Uh, let's say crunch berries, which I hated crunch berries and I wanted frosted flakes. Like I would get a box of frosted flakes. He'd get a box of crunch berries and I wouldn't eat his cereal. He wouldn't eat mine. And so that's how he did it. And, you know, while that might've been a little bit more than what you would want to spend at the grocery store, uh, it worked for us and we really rarely had any problems, but, um, yeah, cereal and your Saturday morning cartoons, definitely staples for an eighties baby. This may come as a surprise to you, but 
I got my first kiss in the 80s. <laughs> I was like seven. Um, and I've talked about it on previous podcasts, so I won't get into too much detail. But uh, yeah, I got my first kiss uh, in the 80s, man. Um, I had a girlfriend uh, who lived in New Jersey. Her name was Janet. And Janice was she was so cute. I don't and I can't remember Janice's last name. So Janice, if you're listening, hit me up. <laughs> Nonetheless, Janice was um, she lived next door to one of our family friends. And uh, I still had family in New Jersey. We would go to New Jersey every summer. Um, shout out to Newark. And so, you know, that's where we would spend our summers. And this particular summer, I was seven. I think she was six, about to turn seven. And um, we were, uh, I'd been up there for the summer and it was time for us to go because we headed back to South Carolina. And I spent, you know, that summer, I remember just every day just hanging out with Janice. I mean, she was just the coolest and she was so cute and she had these nice big ponytails and she had the big prettiest eyes and she would laugh and laugh and like we just had a good time. And so we're getting ready to go. And so I walked over to her house and, you know, I told her, you know, we were about to go. And so uh, she said, well, before you go, we should kiss. (laughs) Kiss? What do you mean kiss? And she said, well, we should kiss like they do on the soap, soap opera. She said stories, but I'm going to say soap operas. Um, and so I was like, okay. And so what I did was my cousin, Eric, who is always around when it's time for me to get into trouble or do something dirty. (laughs) Shout out to Eric. Uh, I told Eric to play lookout, right? So Eric plays lookout. We went in this little shed in her backyard and I told Eric, don't peek because, you know, really at that age, if you were getting your first kiss, you didn't want nobody to see it because you didn't want anybody to tell on you. Not that I thought Eric was going to tell on me. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we shot a gun in the house. I mean, <laughs> he wasn't going to tell on me. Eric, if nothing else, has always been ride or die for me. Um, nonetheless, uh, so he he played lookout. And so we went in the shed and she leaned over and she gave me a kiss and I gave her a kiss. And our lips just pressed and it was just so magical. And (laughs) it was funny when I think back on it, you know, Um, and I tell the story all the time, like Janice and I never broke up. Right. So even at seven, I moved, you know, I came back to South Carolina and I saw her the following summer and, you know, we would see each other and we lost contact because I think what happened was the the place where she lived, she moved and I heard that she got, she had a baby when she was in high school. But as far as I know, Janice and I are still together in spite of me being married. Go figure. <laughs> but yeah, first kiss eighties. That was for me. It was dope. Now I can't let a conversation about the eighties go without speaking on my crushes my celebrity crushes in the eighties because Janice was my first crush. Uh, first girl that I was just really, really crazy about. And I mean, not that I want to talk to her or anything, but I mean, like I'm 
very much interested in how her life turned out. So Janice, if you're listening, you know, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, um, I had some celebrity crushes, man. Um, and I had quite a few, but I'll, I'll, I'll just touch on three. Uh, and then these are in no particular order. Um, just about every little boy that I knew had a crush on Thelma from Good Times. <laughs> Man, listen, it did get any finer than Thelma from Good Times. I mean, like, you would be hard pressed to find a woman like Thelma from Good Times. And it's, it's interesting because she was so much older than me, but she didn't really seem like it because she was on TV. So uh, I didn't care about any of that. But yeah, man, Thelma from Good Times, uh, she, even to this day, she is still a beautiful woman. And I'm pretty sure she gets told a lot about how much, you know, dudes were crushing on her in the 80s. And I think Good Times came on in the 70s and probably went off air in the late 70s, early 80s. I don't remember seeing it until the uh, 80s. But, um, but yeah, man, Thelma from Good Times dime piece <laughs> uh my next crush kim fields aka tootie from the facts of life tv show um man tootie was so fine <laughs> i i had i had the biggest crush on tootie and of course, like I said, the first time I saw her was uh, she was on the show, The Facts of Life. She was the only black girl on The Facts of Life. Um, then again, her name is Kim Fields. I'm sorry. Thelma is played by uh, Bernadette Stannis. Um, but yeah, Tootie, man, listen, I, I remember watching The Facts of Life and I was watching it with my cousin Eric and we were both arguing about whose girlfriend Tootie was because I claimed her first. He said he claimed her first, but he didn't. I claimed her first. So she's my girlfriend. And what he did was he said, well, she can't be your girlfriend because I'm going to kiss her. And this dude leans over and goes up to the TV and kisses the TV screen with Tootie on it. And I can't lie. I was jealous <laughs> because he had kissed my girlfriend. Uh, neither one of us realized that we were kissing a TV screen and we really weren't kissing her. And of course, this is a, this is the 80s. So, you know, we not it's not like we can pause the TV. But yeah, his claim to fame was that he kissed my girlfriend, Tootie. But as soon as he moved away from the TV screen, I kissed her and kissed her and kissed her. I'm not sure how many ultraviolet rays we got from kissing that TV that day, but yeah, yeah I kiss, I kiss Tootie on the screen. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> Last but not least, um, man, <laughs> probably my biggest childhood celebrity crush, uh, you know, her as Penny Gordon, AKA Charlene Dupree, AKA Janet Demita, Joe Jackson, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, Janet Jackson, man. Um, I first laid eyes on Janet Jackson when she was on Good Time. She played Penny Gordon. 
the little girl who got abused by her mama, which was a scary episode, to be honest, because <laughs> I didn't know about any about child children getting beaten up and bruised by their parents. That was crazy to me. But um, but yeah, man, she was so dope. Um, she was so dope, man. I mean, it's Janet Jackson. I mean, I I. I could do a whole podcast on my feelings for her at that time. It, it was, it was amazing. And I mean, and then she grew and she became Charlene Dupree on different, uh, different strokes. And she was Willis's girlfriend. And I wanted to fight Willis cause she was really my girlfriend. <laughs> man, listen, it was funny, man. But, um, yeah, Janet Jackson, biggest celebrity crush as a child in the eighties. Uh, and to be honest, she was everybody's everybody that I knew crushed on Janet. And so, you know, even when I see her today and Janet, you know, at the time of this recording, she's in her 50s. She still looks good. Still looks good. One of the staples from the 80s uh, for an 80s baby such as myself was the ability to go and get candy. Um, I don't know any child uh, in the eighties who didn't eat candy. We all ate candy. In fact, some of us ate too much candy. I remember going to the dentist and having like three cavities <laughs> and my mom was livid, but, um, but yeah, it, it was candies was candy was so prevalent back then because think about it. It was relatively cheap and we could relatively get our hands on it pretty quickly without you know the permission or the acknowledgement from an adult so if you got money you could go to the store because we would walk to the store all the time the store wasn't far away we walked to the store and the store was like i guess if i want to put it in in city terms it's like a block away two blocks maybe um or if like when we lived in the projects (laughs) you had a candy lady I don't care where you are in this world. If you grew up in the 80s, there was a candy lady nearby. And who was the candy lady? The candy lady was the lady who did just that. She sold candy. She sold candy illegally out of her house, or out of her purse or whatever the case may be. Uh, she did not. The income that she received, I'm pretty sure she did not claim it on her taxes. Uh, but again, it's the 80s. Who cared? Um, <laughs> nonetheless, man, Um I was pretty big on candy. Uh, some of my favorites, uh, and these are in no particular order, blow pops. Uh, I'm not big. I don't like chocolate candy, but I love Snicker bars. Snicker bars, Alexander the Great, Lemonhead, the proverbial now or laters, uh, Jolly Ranchers, Boston Baked Beans. Boston Baked Beans probably my favorite candy of all time. Boston Baked Beans. Um, and then, of course, we would have bubble gum. And with bubble gum, you had <laughs> there was an assortment of bubble gums that you could choose from. Uh, Big League Chew, Hubble Bubble, Bubblelicious, uh, just to name a few. Um, then you had your penny candy. And again, all of this stuff was sold by the candy lady. So uh, I had my fair share of candy. And, you know, it's weird because to this day. Like now I eat very little. Like I might eat a piece of candy. I chew gum, but I don't eat candy. I might eat a piece of candy. I don't know. Um, couple, maybe two times a quarter, maybe if that. Uh, and subsequently, and I've talked about it on a previous podcast. Subsequently, my kids don't eat a lot of candy. Uh, 
now my friends will say I'm depriving these kids, but I just, I'm not. It's just like I just it's not in me to eat a lot of candy. I'm not really big on sweets like that, like I once was. But in the 80s, candies were the shit. I would be remiss if I did not mention some of the dope music that happened and that we got to, down to in the 80s. Um, I'm not going to go into detail because there'll be other music podcasts talking about it. But uh, three of the biggest acts that I remember and I loved in the 80s, um, Michael Jackson, Prince and New Edition. Uh, And those in no particular order. Prince, it it goes without saying, is one of my favorite, probably one of the biggest music, getting tongue tied, probably the biggest music influence I've had in my life is Prince. Prince and Stevie Wonder, probably one and two. Um, And who didn't love Michael Jackson back then? Uh, And then there was New Edition. New Edition, I remember seeing New Edition for the first time and not liking them because all of the girls in my class liked New Edition. And I hated New Edition. (laughs) But it was dope. And I I quickly got over my hate and became a fan. Um, But yeah, It was so much dope music in the 80s. And again, as I mentioned earlier, having cable TV, I spent a lot of time watching MTV music, watching videos on MTV. Uh, This was long before MTV was showing TV shows. (laughs) But uh, yeah, a lot of time was spent in front of the TV and in front of a radio listening to music. And last but not least, man, for us 80s, baby, it was... It was a big thing for us, as I mentioned about the TV and having cable, uh, watching some of our favorite TV shows uh, for us, 80s babies. Um, for me in particular, I watched a little bit of everything, which is interesting because I think I watch. Well, I'm pretty sure I watch more TV then than I do now. But like I was really, really into sitcoms and uh, TV and police shows and things of that nature. Um, some of the things I love watching, man, the 18 Miami Vice. And yes, I'll admit we did like the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Didn't understand how racist it was, but hey, you know, we were sitting there cheering on these dudes riding around with a Confederate flag on their car. Um, obviously the Jeffersons, who's the boss, uh, big fan of the Golden Girls, and of course, different strokes. Uh oh, I loved Alice, uh, Silver Spoons. Um, and of course the Cosby show, probably my favorite TV show from the eighties. And, you know, I'm not going to get into Bill Cosby, but you know, Cliff Huxtable was that dude. Um, and last but not least, another show that debuted in the eighties, the back half of the eighties, uh, a different world, a different world was the reason how and why I ended up on the HBCU campus of South Carolina state university. If a different world never comes on TV, I probably don't go to an HBCU. So, but yeah, in a nutshell, that was the 80s. It was a great, great time. Um, I just had to get on here and reminisce like Pete Rock and CO Smooth, man. It, it was it was a great time. Unfortunately, some of you missed it. And, you know, of course, it's not your fault. But, uh, you know, hopefully this podcast gave you a little insight as to how things were back in the 80s. And uh, how it was for somebody who really viewed the time as a dope time. 
That's going to do it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.